My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. Hopefully everyone had as good of a Thanksgiving as they did at NC State's 39-20 to win over UNC on Saturday over at Carter-Finley Stadium. This is the Law of the Wolf. I am your host, Joe Giglio, joined by Scott Wood. Scott Wood, basketball legend, Scott Wood, great shooter, Scott Wood, Indiana native, Scott Wood. Appreciate you taking some time for us this week here on Law of the Wolf. I'm always happy to be here. So well, let's start with a little bit of football because you were there on Saturday at Carter-Finley Stadium to see NC State really just make quick work of a Carolina team that just didn't even seem interested in playing football. It was kind of odd to me. Yeah, well, and I I don't watch a whole lot of Carolina football, but I just feel like they haven't been interested in the last probably three weeks. But I will say, because I went home for Thanksgiving and I was in Indiana, I am glad that I came home the day after to be able to watch absolute destruction of Carolina. The football team, I feel like after the Duke game, like, I feel like Dave Doran's messaging has been on point ever since then. Stop with the penalties. Stop with the turnovers. Stop beating ourselves uh, on defense. You know, lining up wrong, bus, whatever was going on. They basically took all of the big plays away from other teams and then didn't beat themselves. And they also figured out that Kevin Concepcion was their best player. Now, you know, you're a basketball guy, but this is a little bit like, you know, your freshman year being like, hey, you know, it's a good thing. I'm going to get Tracy Smith the ball. Like, I think this is a really good idea. Uh, I, mean, I was impressed with the creativity with Kevin Concepcion and, and good news. I saw from uh, the Savage Wolves yep. that Kevin Concepcion will be back next year for NC State to play receiver. So that was a huge offseason uh, news already. Only here we are on a Wednesday, three days after the big win over UNC. So all good news on the football front. Yeah. State. So sometimes you just got to let your best players be best players. And and it's pretty much that simple. Give them the ball. Let them do what they do. Good things happen when the best players touch the ball more than other players. So, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of up and down throughout the season. And I even the fan base was just, it got a little ugly at times. But I think it's just one of those things, you know, when I left, you know, the stadium, whether I was intoxicated or not. Sure. I was a little bit tipsy on Saturday. They it's, had a fine. great season. I mean, with all the things and all the announcements and all the moving parts that happened throughout the season, I mean, they very easily could have just, you know, tucked their tail and said, you know what, we're done. And that's one of the things that I enjoyed is they just kept giving it each and every night. It wasn't always pretty, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you can get some wins. Yeah, nine and three. They they close out the year by winning their last five games. They beat a Clemson team who they almost never beat. They beat a Miami team who they hadn't beaten under Dave Doran. And then now they beat Carolina for the third year in a row and really a thorough domination of a team in Carolina that had started the year 6-0. and You know, while, while, while State was kind of struggling to, to find out who they were over the first seven weeks of the year, Carolina was, was running hot, riding high and looking really good. Their season fell apart, whereas NC State's season got better as it went along. So those are all great things for state. I'm curious, you know, you still go to games. You're still in this area. You, you've made a living in this area off of your name because people remember you. They remember you fondly. 
What what do you think? How how should we remember Peyton Wilson after the career that he just turned in for the Wolfpack on defense there? I mean, he's one of the best defensive players to ever come through here. I think his passion, you know, what he's always been about. I, I even love the interview he had where, you know, the crowd was booing. Yeah. Brendan Armstrong. Brent, Brendan had a bad game. And he basically came out and said, look, this is unacceptable. He's our quarterback. We got to support all of our own. And and that's what it's about. You know, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him play over his time here. And more so than anything, you know, me looking back on even my time there, it was, you know, how much love the fans show towards him on just the effort he gives each and every night. You know, to me, you know, obviously you get up to play for the Duke and Carolina games. That's easy. But even when you're playing some... You know, Marshall, no name down the street. <laughs> yeah, he's giving you the same exact effort each and every night, uh, and that's one of the things that I've just enjoyed about him. So uh, he's going to be an NC State legend for a lot of time. I hope he gets a lot of, you know, postseason awards and yeah, all those good things and, that are coming his being way. Being able to get drafted and and all the things that he deserves, uh, because again, in today's day and age of transfer portal and NIL. He very easily could have taken the option to say, you know what, I'll put my name in the portal and go make millions and millions sure. of dollars somewhere else. But he chose to finish a Wolfpacker, and that means a lot. Already all ACC, I would hope uh, by the time this comes out, he'll be the defensive player there in the league. I, there really is. There are some other options for sure. Uh, Jared Verse, Florida State, Jeremiah Trotter at Clemson. But I think uh, to your point about the season that State had, and they don't have it without Peyton Wilson. You know, I think you can make arguments for Florida State up and down their roster, the different players that they have. Clemson, same type of deal on the defensive side of the ball, but really, truly, the identity of this state team has been Peyton Wilson. So hopefully he will get all of those flowers that are due coming his way, uh, both in the ACC and, and national awards. Uh, do you think with Dave Doran now, what did you think of, the, of some of the postgame comments? Because he gets, he feels this thing pretty deep about Carolina. And I, I would just think, you know, at this point in your life, right, you do have interactions with Carolina fans, right? But in, in school, did you really did you really ever interact with Carolina fans while you were in school? Not so much. I mean, when you okay. were in the arena, you you'd get, yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. you're definitely getting all the the slander. Uh but for the most part, you know, you get something every once in a while on Twitter when you're maybe commenting on something and someone will come out there, but Really not much, but I think it's just, you know, s s some of the things are much, but it's also, you know, kids want to play for a coach that's, you know, talking trash, smoking cigar, doing some crazier yeah. things. I had no problem with the scars. I have no problem with celebration. I didn't like the pieces of shit comment. I and I get it. It was in the locker room, but he knew the cameras were there. He kind of played it up. And I was just kind of like, you know, there, there's a way to kind of do this. And there's a way that you don't need to do it. In my opinion, finishing the season that he did, the messaging was, like I said, on point ever since that Duke game. I thought he handled the MJ situation too. Yeah. Beautifully. And I'm sure we'll see MJ's name in the portal here soon, but it, it, I just feel like he had that thing every step of the way. You don't need to well, and kind of get that emotional. And again, again, it's in the locker room. It's not in front of a microphone. It's yeah. not in front of a camera that you are cognizant of anyway. But it just felt, that one felt a little bit like, Okay, you, you don't need that. You're better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was, you know, even though on the outside it looks like he handled everything perfectly, there's probably a lot of things internally that he had oh, built stressful. up. Oh, stressful. Sure. 
that he was going through. And then it just it, kind of in the moment thing that he just kind of just lit it all out. Um, and again, with you, maybe a bit much, yes. But I would also say, you know, a lot of these kids nowadays that are getting recruited, they want that kind of coach that's just going to be like, you know what, everybody else is a piece of, you know, yeah. what. You know, that those are the kind of, you know, style that these kids are used to gravitating yeah. towards. That's fair. I, um, a little bit of bowl news here, uh, because people look to me for bowl information. And unfortunately, my, my bowl sources at the conference are gone. Uh, my two really good bowl sources from the games themselves have retired. So I am, I no longer have the insight that I used to, but I can tell you, I still understand the bowl process. And, um, there is a chance for them to get into the Orange Bowl. It is a slight chance based on the college football playoff rankings that were released yesterday. NC State 19 in the latest rankings. Louisville's 14. Um, so the Orange Bowl will go to the next highest rated team if Florida State ends up in the college football playoff. Well, Florida State right now would be in the college football playoff. I don't see Louisville at 14 falling below NC State at 19, even if they lose to Florida State. I mean, I think it would really take something spectacular or unusual for NC state to get ahead of Louisville. Obviously they played and Louisville won the game. Not always. That's not always how the rankings go. You could see a team jump another team in that situation if they had a better record, but Louisville at worst is 10 and three state at best, obviously is nine and three. Um, Notre Dame is at number 17. Just a quick note here. Notre Dame cannot take the ACC spot in the orange bowl. So it's either Louisville or it's NC State. It's not Notre Dame's ranking has nothing to do with nothing for the Orange Bowl. However, <laughs> NC State can get jumped by Notre Dame for one of the other bowls. Um, the sp thinking specifically either of the Pop-Tart Bowl, which is in Orlando, or the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. So something to keep an eye on there that, yes, NC State cannot get jumped by Notre Dame for the Orange Bowl, but those other games they can get and almost 100% will get jumped by Notre Dame. So if you're looking for salty Dave, that's a reason to find somebody who will be salty. And then, um, but one thing I would love to see out of this bowl team in this bowl season, I was disappointed with the way that they played against Maryland last year. I didn't feel like they had that same energy that they had closed the season with, obviously with the win over Carolina. This is another one of those games where you play well against Carolina. And I, I don't want to see a repeat of the Maryland and, and Mayo bowl from last year. So I would, with the opportunity, to win the 10th game for only the second time in school history and for the first time under Dave Doran, I would hope they pour this thing out no matter what bowl they're sent to. And knowing the way that Dave used slights, I hope he uses the Notre Dame thing as a slight because they're going to get jumped by Notre Dame in, in, in the ACC order. That's how the contract is set up with the ACC and Notre Dame. So I just hope it's a better... And I think Peyton will absolutely play in the bowl game. You know, there, I think there's some people like, oh, Drake May, you know, Carolina. Yeah, Drake May is going to be either the first or second pick in the draft. While we all love and appreciate Peyton Wilson, the last time I talked to an NFL person about him, they still have serious questions about his health yeah, and, and the position that he plays, quite frankly. And now that effort this year is going to go a long way and being healthy this year and last year goes a long way. But Peyton's a, a, at best a fourth round pick at best. So there, he should play in the bowl game and continue to show people what he can do. Uh, certainly would respect his decision if he didn't, but I can't imagine that he does not play an NC State's bowl game. Like I don't, I don't think that's even uh, on the table 
And if it is, it would be somebody like having to physically restrain him from playing in the game, though the competitor that he is. Yeah, well, there's there's moments in life when you shake someone's hand and you're like, yeah, this guy's a man. He's about his business. Mm-hmm. And and Peyton's one of them. Uh, so I, I there's probably zero chance. I'd be willing to say zero chance. He's not going to dress and go to war with the guys that he's gone to war with, especially with just kind of how hectic and crazy the season's been. He deserves to play in that game. Yeah. You know, so... I'd be honestly very surprised if if he didn't play. And honestly, you know, you kind of mentioned what happened last year with Maryland. I just think his leadership, uh, Dave's leadership, even Brennan with what he's yeah. gone through this year. And Brennan's been really good in the games. And obviously he was banged up in that Carolina game. So yeah. again, hat tip to Brennan Armstrong and the way that he played. And the numbers in his career against Carolina are, are fairly remarkable as well. So you talk about a guy that has lived to play against Carolina. That that's that has been Brennan Armstrong both at Virginia and now at NC State. So I'm with you. Like I would love to see the bowl. I, like again, I, I went to the game last year, went to the Mayo Bowl, bought the whole family, did the whole thing, spent all this money. I was not happy. I was not happy leaving that building. Um and, and I don't think there'll be a repeat of that. Like I said, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that play. Like getting the chance to play for 10. So NC State only once in 113 years of football has won 10 games and they won 11 in 2002. So there's that. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. And every team in the ACC other than Virginia has won, has had a double digit win season since NC State's last in 2002. It's like the stupid conference championship thing drought that goes back to 1994. So or 92. So it's like, you know, the, the things for NC State there, they are out there. And I think, there's different incentives for this year than, than last year. And there was, you know, let's be honest, beating Carolina with Ben Finley last year was slightly lucky, right? The way that that it turned out this game, they dominated them from the beginning. It was pretty clear that Carolina had no interest in playing in this football game, but NC state never gave them an opportunity to be involved in the football game. Yeah. And the game was over at the half in part because of the way NC state's defense plays, but also in part because of, you know, once once NC State gets a two score lead, once this team gets a two score lead, I feel confident the game's over. Yeah, you know, even though the Virginia Tech game, you know, they popped a couple big plays, State still controlled that game, and it, we saw this with Clemson, we saw this with Miami. So, definitely interested to see uh, a the opponent. In the, I also, I, you played against Maryland. You remember? I, I hate. I I respect the hell out of Maryland. I loved Gary Williams, but man, Maryland would live to. You you played in a couple where you beat Carolina. The next day you got to go play Maryland. Then they beat you, and you're like, man, what? Why? Why are you doing this to us? I can promise you, if my mom was here right now and you asked her her least favorite oh opponent place to go to, I love my mom, very nice lady. She would say some ugly things about Maryland, about Maryland. College Park. Gosh, <laughs> for sure. I, I you know what though? I got good things to say about hometown realty. MyHTR.com. Go to MyHTR.com. 60% of their business is in new construction. So if you're looking to buy a new home, the place to go with is Hometown Realty. Again, it's myhdr.com. They make the buying and selling process really easy. There's even a mortgage calculator up there. They have six locations from here to the coast, more than 250 agents. So go check them out. Again, it's super easy. Myhdr.com. And again, you're probably going to have to close on that house at some point, or maybe you're like me. You get an illegal passing ticket in downtown Raleigh and you need some legal help. Well. The best thing to do for that legal help is go to Whitaker and Hamer. It's wh.lawyer. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer. Josh is a big state fan. There's just not that many lawyers out there in this state that are state fans. So 
Go and support Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Again, it's wh.lawyer. Scott, I'm a little bit disappointed in you. We did a, our very first OG live experience, post-game experience, OG After Dark, and we did it from the breeze-through right there on the corner of Trinity and Edwards Mill Road. I, I did not see the legend that was Scott Wood come come by and see us at the breeze-through. I had plenty of beers. But you did that during the Carolina game, didn't you? Post-game. I did it after the game. So oh, I, There you, was no way I could have got there. The, but you, listen, there was no way... I could have got there. You would have not wanted me on camera. No, you, you, you didn't see me then. Uh, big shouts to Adam over at Brisu. Huge success. More than 5,000 views for that video. We had a great time. Adam ran his 500-foot Ethernet cord from outside the building into the parking lot, taking care of us. That's the same kind of customer service you'll get. Every time you go to all of the Brisu locations, they're all over the place. Cary, Chapel Hill, Pool Road, uh, and then, of course, the home base there, as I like to call it, across from PNC Arena at Carter-Finley Stadium. Big shouts to Adam all, for all of your needs, whether they're tailgate, whether you need snacks, whether you need uh, the dark roast coffee, my personal favorite. Go check them out. It's Breeze Through. They're there for you wherever your travels take you. You like the Miss Pac-Man music, don't you? I'm trying to figure out what it was. You're so young. That makes me so happy. And you have no idea what that was. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about some NC State hoops because after last night's loss to Ole Miss on the road, I, I'm not saying I'm I'm not worried about NC State because it's November 29th. I mean, let's be clear. And let me pull up Ken Palm here for our um our viewers on the YouTubes. I am though worried that they are, are have run out of opportunities to, to score a big win outside of the league. Beating Vanderbilt was good. It was actually a game last year that, that came in handy the way that Vanderbilt had ended the season. I think it was one of those games that helped put them into the NCAA tournament. BYU was a game we can get into more. Um, BYU was a game they had, they were up and I feel like they should have won that game. And BYU, I forgot, was in the Big 12 now. BYU was a kind of win that they really could have used in their back pocket. So when you go through the league play, you're like, okay, hey, maybe we don't have to beat Duke, Virginia, Miami in this like gauntlet run in order to secure our spot in the NCAA tournament. So the, the losses to BYU, 95-86, and then Ole Miss, 72-52. Let's start, let's work, um, let's work back to the BYU game. So at the half, they're up against BYU. It's uh, 43-38 in, at the half. And I thought the way that they were playing in that game, up and down, the style that you and I have talked about, it's a pleasing style. The ball moves more. It goes into the paint. It comes out. There's a little bit more functional basketball. We saw Casey Marcel have his big game of the season with 28 points in that game. but And they, they made 10 threes in that game. 86 points, Scott, is enough to win almost every college basketball game you're going to play, um, but not when you're giving up 57 points in the second half to BYU. So let's take the the fight and uh, the, the skirmish and some of the ejections out of that game. What was your impression and where did it kind of go wrong in the second half for State against BYU? You know, the, the funny thing is when that game ended, I still had a really good feeling about this team. Now, watching Ole Miss, I kind of left with a little bit different of a feeling. Sure. But 
I feel like they played a a solid game. I think they lost their composure a little bit. I think again, one of the teams that uh, one of the things that we've talked about with them is, you know, when they need a bucket or when DJ Burns isn't going, where do you go? Who's it going to be? I think another question I'm going to piggyback off of now that I've seen, um, you know, them in some tough situations is when they start to get down. Who's going to who, pick you up? Who's, who's the leader? Who's going to? Who's going to? Because that that the one thing that I've seen is it's just. They play really, really good basketball when they're in the game and when they have a lead and they're aggressive on the defensive end and offensive end. But when they start to get down, you know, five to 10 points, all of a sudden they kind of go back to that old, you know, a little bit of a panic. Let's let's fire up some threes or I'm going to play one on one, take you off the bounce. And and that is not the way to get back in the game. Uh, So that's kind of the concerning part. I will say, you know, I've always said it with, you know, Kevin Keats's defensive style is pressing works really well. When, you know, you want to speed a team up when they don't have, you know, elite level ball handling that can break a press. But when teams can break a press, you know, for example, the Ole Miss game, they did not do it in the in in the BYU game in the first half. They turned them over. But when they figured it out, you're going to give up an adjustment. You're going to give up a lot of open shots. And when they're giving up open shots against a very, very good shooting BYU team, they're going to be in some trouble. So that would be my my one yeah. concern. You just can't. BYU made 14 threes in that game. You cannot <laughs> press a team and think that you're going to turn them over the whole game. You got to make a couple adjustments there. You got to splash it in at times. Uh, but BYU just started making shots. And it, the, the, the crazy part was it was open shots. You just yeah. can't give a team wide open shots like that. So Kevin gets ejected in that game. Got, got his money's worth, I thought, at the end there. Probably from the frustration from his son being ejected for getting off the bench during a little bit of a, a you know, like one guy's going to the timeout. You know, it was, it was kind of like ships in the night there. Uh, just kind of weird to see the father-son combo get tossed in the same game, but what did, what did you make of maybe what he was trying to accomplish at the end of that game? Well, I think most of it was he just wanted to send a message. Like the officiating was kind of all over the place. Oh, your old friend Ray Natilly was working in that uh, game. And I like Ray, so yeah. like, we can't throw it. No, in. Ray's a good ref, but he, he had a falling out with John Clockerty in the ACC, and that's why he doesn't ref in, in well, the ACC. Well, and I would say the like the Casey Marcel call in the first half with that. What is the 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 grabbing oh, hook. hook and hold? Yeah. Is yeah, that what yeah. they called it? That was a terrible call. Right. Like you can't if if you're gonna say to a shooter all season long and in the preseason, hey, we're gonna do the you know clear path, not the clear path, but the uh the wherever you have the Let right play, to run. basically. Yeah, yeah. You can't cut a guy off and then literally put a forearm in his chest and not expect a anybody to kind of get him off. So I, I think that was part of it. I think just a little bit of the frustration build up. I also think Kevin didn't realize the team I think the team tech like bench technical counted towards him right so then he basically got one technical got ejected so i think part of the issue was he just didn't realize him getting one technical would result in him getting ejected but again i just think a lot of it was frustration i mean they shot almost i think they shot almost 60 percent. what they shoot in the second half there do you have that stat byu um ken palm doesn't do it by half so i don't i don't have it in front yeah, of yeah i want to say they almost shot 60 percent in, in the second half. Yeah, yeah, no, they they were, look, they were dialed in in the second half. But part of it, I thought, you're right. There was a little bit of panic and there was a little bit of getting away from what you're going to be. Who who do you think out of, I think I think the answer probably should be Casey Marcel, but out of Casey um, and then DJ Horn and Jaden Taylor, it feels like one of them kind of has to step up to be the bus driver. Which one do you think ultimately that will fall to? 
I think I who's mean, got the personality in your opinion? To well, and that's the part. That's kind of the weird part. I don't know who has the personality. The, the, my first answer would be Casey. I would agree with you, uh, but I think they're all very kind of soft spoken. Even DJ, yeah. who's you know in front of a camera all the time, and uh, they're all very soft spoken. But at some point, you know, somebody's got to sit down and just say, "Hey, calm down." Maybe it's Kevin. You know, maybe yeah. maybe it's an assistant. It's part coach. of it. Heck, it could be a guy on the bench that we don't know about that doesn't get a lot of burn. Uh, but at some point, they just got to understand. Look, you do not make up ten points. In two in positions. One, in one shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's take our time, do what we do, be an elite defensive team, get our stops, and then have an opportunity to have a good offensive possession to score. Okay. Uh, before we talk about the Ole Miss game, I know you're going to want me to get some new merch behind you. So I'm going to get something from Home, home Field Apparel. If you go to homefieldapparel.com, You'll see those new bomber jackets, the NC State red satin jacket with the, great. the wolf. I mean, it's really, really nice. If you use the code OG23, you can save 15%. So again, go to homefieldapparel.com. They got all kinds of stuff. Best stuff. Have you ready, swagged out, ready for not only basketball season, but for Christmas. Again, use that code homefield. Uh, use the code OG23 for to save 15%. And then, of course, there is no NC State podcast. There is no year three of an NC State podcast without Hayes Lancaster. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority had termites a summer ago, Scott. And I didn't know where the termites came from. And Hayes and his crew was like, uh, yeah, Joe, it's from the mulch. And because so even this week, they call me and he goes, hey, we're coming over for the treatment. I said, like, oh, yeah, my wife's home. Just you should let you in under the house. And he's like, we're not going under the house. We're going to the mulch where the termites came from. And I was like, oh, that's why you're in charge of such things. And I'm not. So again, I, I, I didn't know any of this. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority does. Hayes does not believe in contracts, but he does believe in saving you money. So go to bugsbite.com, punch in your zip code. You'll see all kinds of different ways to save, whether it's on termites, whether it's on mosquitoes outside, whether it's on ants inside. Keep going. You got pests, mice in the attic I've had treatments on. And also the moisture barrier under your house. Very important. You don't want any kind of mold or mildew issues. So go check them out. It's bugsbite.com. All right. So last night I thought was different than the BYU game. And I said on the OG today, it felt like a scheduled loss. Because anytime, and you can go back and look at all of these, even when it's Duke or Carolina or Virginia, when they go and play in Maui or they go and play in Vegas or they go play in Atlantis, and then the next game they play is on the road, they're in trouble. Yep. And so I looked at it last night and I was like, this is a tough spot. I looked at it and Chris Beard, while it's his first year at Ole Miss, he is known for his defensive abilities. He is an X and O, X and O, X and O guy. Um, and while Joe Obvious and I had our own personality conflicts with him at the final four, two years ago, uh, and, and he's had his own legal issues since he's still a really good basketball coach. Uh, and I knew that was going to be a difficult spot last night. I did not expect that though. I uh, just felt like they, they fell behind early. Then it was like a 10 point game right before the half. And I was like, okay, they can, yeah, they, they could fight their way back in this thing. And then old miss just kind of, strangled them to death on, on the offensive end of the floor. And that's kind of why I'm looking at this one going, okay, like you score 86 points against Bayway. You, you go, okay, you got to clean some things up defensively. You score 52 points though. You ain't beating anybody with 52 points. Yeah. You're not even beating Virginia with 52 points. Well, I think it, it kind of starts with DJ Burns. I mean, 
I really don't think they're going to find success at all this year if if DJ isn't kind of their playmaker. I'm calling him the point center. Yeah. You know, you got to get the ball. I don't care if there's a seven foot five guy on there. Now, I don't care if the Kimbe Mutombo's out there. Right. You got to get him some post touches and at least let him create because the one thing he is, he's your best passer as well. Yeah. You know, so being able to get the ball inside out and, you know, him not being very active, especially on the offensive end, I think just really hurt them. Because again, big red flag for me right now is when DJ, you know, isn't getting it going and they need a big time play or big time shot down a stretch and they can't get the ball to DJ. What are you supposed to do? Who's it going to be? Yeah. Because I hate to say it, Middlebrooks ain't going to be the guy most of the time. Yeah, he had his best game of the season, 13 points and 11 boards, but everyone else was kind of out to launch in this one. Um, Three for 25 from the three-point line as a group. You're not going to win many games. And then DJ with five points on six shots. Obviously, that's not enough either. Um, I, I'm inclined to throw this one away and, and see what they do on Saturday against Boston College, but I do think this gets back to the number of opportunities that they have. And I'm not optimistic uh, about the date with Tennessee in San Antonio because of the way that Tennessee plays and you know what the identity of Rick Barnes's teams are going to be. It Now it leaves you really rooting for Arizona State and, and Vanderbilt to be... Uh, oh, they didn't play Arizona State. It really leaves you in a situation where you're like, hey, Vanderbilt, I need you to get hot yeah. in the SEC because that's the only thing they'll have out of the league. Yeah, and I think that was more so my biggest issue. I, I, I feel like they especially in the first half, had an opportunity to beat BYU. They needed to get that. Yeah. Plus, it's a championship. Like that, yeah. you, you win that Las Vegas championship. That's a, that's a big deal. Uh, obviously, the Ole Miss going on the road after being in Las Vegas for Thanksgiving. Again, going to be a tough matchup, but you got to be competitive. They weren't yeah. competitive. They had two guys that were engaged in the LJ Thomas and, and Ben Middlebrooks were the only two players that looked like they even wanted to play last night. You can't have that, especially in that big time of a matchup. you got to have quality wins. So now you're going to run into the issue where can we find quality wins? Because they're going to probably have to all be in the ACC, especially if you don't get Tennessee. And the, and quite frankly, in the league, Carolina, nice win over Arkansas. That's good. Clemson beating Alabama, I think, is going to be big for the league, too. It'll obviously be big for Clemson, and we saw them get left out last year. So uh, as we tape here, we don't have the Wednesday results from the ACC-SEC challenge, but uh, SEC went 4-3 and three on the first day. But I do think those two wins, Georgia Tech beating Mississippi State, Clemson beating Alabama, will help the ACC down the road. Um, Scott, and I appreciate you joining me as, as always here on The Law of the Wolf, but I don't, I don't want you to join me for free. So let's talk a little bit about what you've got going on. And you got two separate things going on. Yeah. So you start with the one that you want to start with because I, I actually have a little slide that I created for you that I'm very proud of myself for. You're too kind. You're too kind. So probably the first one is the, the Scott Wood Home Lending Team. Um, you can reach out to me at scottwood15.com. Uh, mortgage rates have gotten better over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, anybody out there that's looking for a home, if you know somebody that's looking to buy a home, uh, we've got a really good team in place. I'd love to have that conversation on how we can't help you get into a property. Uh, and that's the the big one. Um, the one that when I when you say they've gotten better, what does that mean? So over the last couple of weeks, the, the rates have begun to drop. They okay. were they were on a skyrocket to nobody knew where they were going uh, for a while there. Kept and, going up. And now <laughs> they have slowly dipped, um, especially over the last two, three weeks. So, you know, the people that have been waiting on the sidelines trying to figure out, okay, 
I want to get in the house, but these rates really, really stink. Look, I've told everybody, if if you can afford it and you find the house that you want for you and your family, go for it, you know? But at the end of the day, the rates have begun to drop. So okay. if you've been sitting on the sidelines, now's the time to... I also feel like in January, a lot of people start... That's when they start the process. They start to evaluate what they're going to do. So if you want to get a head start on that, you give Scott a call, 765-609-0453. If, you look, if you're watching on YouTube, the information is right there on the screen, 765-609-0453 or scott.wood at northpoint with an E.com. That's scott.wood at northpoint with an E.com. Um, also on scottwood15.com, you will see that the Swish Elite, the hoops. I'm excited. You, you got some Garner guys on your on your Swish Elite team. Yeah, we're trying to add a, a couple Garner guys to our to our 16 u team. Uh, Kingston Beal. And, I'm and, telling you, he's a baller. He and, plays hard. And Darius Whitner, another one. They they've got some good stuff cooking over there. They've got good. some good hard working players, um, which are a lot of fun to coach and and kind of groom and help get better and become better people ultimately. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. We're we're gonna announce. Uh, next week we have signed a deal with Under Armour, so oh, cool. we, we can go ahead and announce that Under Armour Rise. Uh, we're going to be playing on their circuit. We're adding a 15 U 2027 and 2026 team. So how many total teams will you have? We will have three teams. Okay. Um, we will also, uh, it'll it'll be kind of on the side, but we will also have a 13 U, maybe even a four like a 13 14 U team. Uh, a good friend of mine has a a son and asked if he could kind of fall under the umbrella swish and I said look if you if you if you're going to be a good coach and and get good quality kids let's do it mm -hmm. so uh we're going to add that one as well so that's going to be a lot of fun uh ultimately just seeing the growth I think that's the one thing that I've enjoyed about it is the developmental aspect and just watching these kids each and every day work on their craft get better you know year after year so it's been a lot of fun I was going to say why did you get into this cuz your kids aren't old enough yet well, and I think part of it is, you know, I, I love the mortgage side of it. I love helping people get into a home, helping them, you know, from a financial standpoint. But basketball is always going to be there for me. Bas you can never get rid of it. So, you know, I've had some some really good kids that had approached me about bad experiences within the AAU world. And so, you know, I kind of looked at it as like, let's just put something together that's family friendly, good culture focused on the development, how can we get these kids better and ultimately give them an opportunity to try to find a scholarship yeah. if that's what they want to do. Uh, and last year just went really well, better than I would have anticipated. But again, it comes down to, you know, having good people, you know, within your program. So, you know, one of the things that we do is, you know, we want good players, but we're also trying to figure out, are they good people? You know, are they going to, how do you handle, you know, somebody else that may be in your position that plays really, really well. Are you going to be the guy on the bench to put your head down? Or are you going to be clapping and and excited for what that person Engaged. is doing? Sure. So I think that's that's the big piece to it is because, you know, we want good people and ultimately give them an opportunity to find, you know, a collegiate um, program that they can go on to next. All right. You can learn more at scottwood15.com. That's scottwood15.com. All right. It's going to do it for us this week. Saturday, NC State opens up ACC play. It's here already. They're on the road at Boston College, so we'll be back next week. NC State 4-2 and two on the year, opening up league play with BC. Appreciate you taking some time this week with us. And again, if you're on the YouTubes, just hit the subscribe button. You can do it. Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it, we're there. Five stars only. Positive vibes only. See you again next week right here on Law of the Wolf. The Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.